This is Dr. Rob Harder with the Nonprofit Leadership Podcast, making your world better. What does it take to be an effective nonprofit leader today? What are the biggest challenges? What are the biggest obstacles? How should nonprofits fundraise in an economy that is constantly changing? All of these reasons combined led me to start this show. And it's my hope that through this series, people can learn not only what it takes to be an effective nonprofit organization, but to hear from effective leaders who are successfully making a positive impact in their communities. We hope you enjoy the show as together we hear how they are making their world better. As a leader of a nonprofit, you know firsthand how important it is to have the right technology tools and strategies in place to achieve your mission. Well, that's where Heller Consulting comes in. Heller Consulting is a premier consulting firm that specializes in helping nonprofit organizations achieve their goals through effective technology strategy and implementation. Whether you need help with technology roadmaps, CRM strategy, Salesforce, or Microsoft implementations, Team Heller has you covered. With Heller Consulting on your side, you can trust that you'll have the support you need to make the most of your organization's technology resources. Just visit teamheller.com NLP to learn more. Again, visit teamheller.com NLP for Nonprofit Leadership Podcast to learn more. Over the last couple of years especially, there's been a renewed emphasis for nonprofit organizations and for-profit companies for that matter to improve their diversity, equity, and inclusion, or DEI for short, at their respective organizations. But what I hear from many leaders is that when it comes to specifically recruiting, it's not as easy as you think. So how can a nonprofit or business widen their search efforts to find qualified candidates that come from underrepresented populations? Well, my guest today has an organization that is helping to do just that. My guest today is Matt Wilkerson. He's the co-founder and CEO of Paragon One. Today, Matt will share a bit of the vision and mission of Paragon One, how they are seeking to help Fortune 500 companies and nonprofits launch and scale remote externships. You'll be impressed with what you hear. Enjoy today's show. All right, Matt, thanks for being on the show today. Now, I know you're dedicated to making a positive social impact in our world, specifically using technology to do so. So first, tell us more about what motivated you to go into this kind of work where you're really seeking to make this social impact. Yeah, well, I've always felt that students getting access to work experience is a fundamental part of one's education. When I think about my direction in life, It all came down to things like internships and getting access to mentors at companies. So when I graduated, I got my first job at Morgan Stanley as an analyst. They worked me to death. I got tendonitis in my hands. I couldn't type for a year. So I sat, uh, to be useful, I sat behind the interns and I trained them how to be analysts, how to use Excel and PowerPoint. And by the end of their internships, they were so good at what they did. They all got hired into the group full-time or they, got, they all got offers to come back, and which was rare in, in, in banking. So that, that got me thinking, wow, if you could leverage employee time more efficiently to train and mentor students, the impact could be huge. The problem, of course, is that employees are hired to do a job at the company. They're not hired to spend all this time training and managing students. And so that became the inspiration for if we could leverage technology to provide more access to students around work experience in a way that was efficient for the companies and the employees, basically like lower the risk and make the ROI worthwhile, that could be massive. What an interesting example uh, and how you've really had a personal experience, obviously, where you multiplied your impact 
So you must be a good teacher as well. So nice job on that. Okay, so you are, as I mentioned in the intro, you're the co-founder and CEO of Paragon One, which is a team out of MIT, and you build tech that helps Fortune 500 companies really launch and scale remote externships. Now, talk a little bit more about this. You've already mentioned the why behind it. How did you get Paragon One started, and what problem were you seeking to solve? Yeah, so we believe in a vision where any student from any background, as long as they're curious and ambitious, gets access to work experience as part of their education. And so what we wanted to solve was this fundamental kind of disconnect between what students needed from the workplace during education, meaning real work experiences, mentorship, connections with employees, and what companies were willing to give. And what they were willing to give was internships. But what internships are, they're really hiring a full-time hire a year early. You're looking for the exact same things typically that a full-time hire has, but you're trying to you know, hire that you know, year before you graduate. And you're checking the box on what school did they go to? Do they already have you know, two or three internships? All these things that if you're a student who's still trying to figure out what you want to do, and you're using these experiences as a form of learning and guidance, you're not generally going to be selected for these big internship programs. So we wanted to solve that problem. How do you make essentially internship-like experiences more accessible, more distributed? And so what we learned was if you make, if you lower the risk for employees and companies to take on more students, in other words, don't require all these students to have to convert into an, to a full-time hire because usually the conversion rate is 80 to 90% out of internships. And instead, distribute that risk across a wide group of students so in our case, we bring in 30 to 50 students at a time into an externship experience and then model the experience after a live online classroom. So we think about replacing the professor lecture with the company. We then think about replacing teaching assistants with our own program managers. These are basically people from the education industry who have experience working with students, our, our PMs are amazing. They basically are there to give feedback, give mentorship, give support. And then what's connecting the dots here is a platform that we've built, technology that allows for scale, allows for you to bring potentially over time hundreds, thousands of students in to have these experiences while only needing a few hours of employee time to support those students. Excellent. No, that sounds like a really, really good offering. Talk about the recruiting part of this. How do you recruit students to jump into these externships? We have a few ways. We don't normally go straight to schools and have partnerships with schools. We actually found that it's more productive to go straight to the students themselves. So we have partnerships with student organizations. We have recruiting teams that actually identify students that we think would be good fits. But more importantly is our ambassador network. So when we get into a student community with a few externs, those externs who graduate programs, then uh, we incentivize them to go and spread the word on social media, in their student communities, on school. And they bring in their friends. They bring in you know, the people that they think are going to be great or who really deserve these opportunities. And those students can apply. They can be enrolled. And the ambassadors get rewarded for that. So the ambassador program we found to be 
kind of our secret sauce for reaching new communities. That's awesome. Well, I understand that well-known nonprofits like the National Geographic Society and the Nature Conservancy have partnered with you as two examples at Paragon One in order to provide these remote externships for college students looking to kickstart their careers, essentially. So could you give a couple of examples? Maybe you could talk about those two, or maybe there's others that you'd like to talk about that really kind of give an example to my listeners of this is exactly what you get to do and here's some of the results. Absolutely. So we worked with the National Geographic Society and the Nature Conservancy to give young people from all around the world an opportunity to solve real world conservation challenges in their local communities. Now, these challenges ranged from seagrass restoration and their impact on global fisheries to Nile tilapia as an invasive species in Ghana to consumption of swim bladders in Asia and their connection to the drug trade in Mexico to agricultural practices in Florida that cause death from red tide. And so through the National Geographic and the Nature Conservancy, we've created opportunities for hundreds of externs from nearly 100 countries. And this was just over the past year. We're actually increasing uh, the number of programs and externs that we're working with next year. We've also worked with other nonprofit organizations to help them with organizational challenges. So we've partnered, and some of these are through partnerships that we've done with PwC's Corporate Social Responsibility Program. Uh, But we've helped nonprofits like the Opportunity Network, Summer Search, and others where they're looking to help students from underrepresented backgrounds get better career opportunities. And so externs have helped regional and national nonprofit organizations find corporate funders to further their mission, identify opportunities to engage alumni beneficiaries to create a flywheel effort around fundraising, or to create a 360-degree communication strategy to connect with stakeholders. We'll be right back. As a leader of a nonprofit, you know firsthand how important it is to have the right technology tools and strategies in place to achieve your mission. Well, that's where Heller Consulting comes in. Heller Consulting is a premier consulting firm that specializes in helping nonprofit organizations achieve their goals through effective technology strategy and implementation. Whether you need help with technology roadmaps, CRM strategy, Salesforce, or Microsoft implementations, Team Heller has you covered. With Heller Consulting on your side, you can trust that you'll have the support you need to make the most of your organization's technology resources. Just visit teamheller.com slash NLP to learn more. Again, visit teamheller.com slash NLP for Nonprofit Leadership Podcast to learn more. Well, thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If this is your first time listening to us, I wanted to make sure you're aware of a whole group of other episodes with fascinating guests that I previously interviewed. Just go to our website, nonprofitleadershippodcast.org. There you will find numerous interviews of nonprofit leaders from all over the country, including some from other countries, all trying to make their world better. When you go to our website, you can also subscribe to my monthly leadership update in order to get more content, ask me questions, and join the Nonprofit Leadership Podcast community. Just look for the subscribe button, which is on the top right-hand side. It's a real easy process. Well, thanks again for listening. Now back to the show. I love that. And you mentioned um, your focus on unrepresented, underrepresented students. 
So I, I like that. You've really emphasized this focus on providing these externships specifically for underrepresented students who don't always have the time or resources or connections to commit to a traditional internship. Um, as I understand it, you do that by building tech to make student work programs more scalable for companies and more accessible to students. Give me an example here. You, you've got six to eight week programs, I understand, that only require about 10 hours per week. What have been some of the results so far with particularly reaching these underrepresented students? So we track our externs progress and success after the programs. Uh, to date, 47%, nearly one in two externs who graduate a program will land a Fortune 1000 job within six months. Now, getting a Fortune 1000 job isn't like the definition of success in life, but that's just to give you a sense for the outcomes that students are getting. We, you know, just separate from the numbers, uh, you know, we have oftentimes events with, with externs who go through programs, live events with some of our company partners, and we'll ask them, I remember asking, you know, did this externship have an impact? How did it have an impact? And basically every single one of them have said, yes, they name examples of how because of that externship that they had with a PwC or a Meta or a Pfizer or an HSBC, they went into, first of all, they got, a, they got attention from companies they never would have gotten attention from in sectors like finance, consulting, and tech. But then they go into the interview and they have confidence now. They have confidence to tell a story about a real project that they did with a real company, not just, you know, here's my classwork, right? Or here's a, a project that I did with some friends, a real project with a company. And that, that, I mean, just the confidence boost alone that you have when you go into an interview like that means a ton. And so that leads to more job opportunities, changes lives, puts students on a completely different trajectory. Now, I'll give you an, a real example. So we hear stories about students whose careers have accelerated after the externship. One, coming back to National Geographic, is Mary Grace. So she's a college student from the island of Mindoro in the Philippines. And she's always had passion for marine research. In the fall of 2021, she actually participated in the National Geographic Nature Conservancy program and created an organization to educate young people in her community about the importance of creating a marine protected area. Now, this is for the preservation of biodiversity and to protect the livelihood of local fishermen and, and, and fisher folks. Now, with, the, with this experience, she then went and applied for and got an internship with the Coral Research Lab at the Smithsonian Nash Natural History Museum. Now, this is a young woman from the Philippines. And she's spent this, this past summer in Washington, D.C., uh, working on that. So, and then from this, she, uh, from what I understand, she was able to go and secure international work experience and so, and is now being nominated for a prestigious internationally recognized grant award. And there are many, many, many other stories, by the way, like this. I'm just giving you one uh, of these lives that we've changed. Uh, that's really impressive as a story. Talk a little bit more about where you see this going, like if you were to scale this organization, like do you envision this in every state uh, throughout the world? Like give me a little bit of a vision in the next three to five years for Paragon One. Absolutely. We believe that we are on a mission to help every corporation become the educator of the future around real work. 
We don't believe higher education, community college, just the educational system in general is going to be able to do enough to educate students on the work that's needed over the next many decades. Companies, corporations have to step in. They have the resources, they have the employees, but they don't have a lot of time, right? As we talked about, their employees are there to do a job. So we believe that we can use technology to unlock this expertise, make it efficient, make it turnkey, and then unite the worlds of education and workforce together with through externships. It's, it's one in the same, right? People talk about education and work. We're talking about it within the same idea here. So in the next three to five years, our goal, I mean, we're already, by the way, represented, we've got students from, uh, who've applied from, for externships from 150 plus countries. So we, we're already going global, but we want to be, we want to have a deeper presence around the world. We also want to be working with more of the Fortune 500. We, we work with a handful already, you know, companies like, like Meta, Pfizer, Na- National Geographic, I already mentioned, PwC, HSBC, and the Home Depot, Fortune 20 company. So we want to work with more of the Fortune 500, but the, the sort of three core value propositions that we're bringing. And we think about this idea of corporate social responsibility uh, or or corporate foundations in some cases. But it's this idea that companies are focusing on what what does the new kind of social impact of the future look like and why is it important to companies? Like why, why should they be investing here? It's not just about recruiting, by the way. That's a piece of this. But it's about it's about investing one in hitting social impact and community goals that will matter for your stakeholders, your employees who care about what these companies do, right? They, they, Gen Z especially cares about what its what corporations are investing in. Two, employee engagement, right? Making sure employees are involved in these initiatives, right? The employees are doing these, working with 30 to 50 students at a time in these programs. They're, and they're changing lives and they want to feel that impact and see that impact. And then third, that they're actually, the companies are building their brand, they're building their employer brand, their consumer brand by investing in externships, by telling young people of the future that they're going to invest in their future, they're investing in their education with their employees, they're sending an incredible signal and they're changing their the perspective that these young people have about their company. So those are kind of the three pillars that we think about. And then you taking technology, uniting that and completely changing education and work. Well, it's obvious you've been successful in attracting some major companies that everyone has heard of. What has been overall the pitch in the sense of you've been successful, but have you bumped into maybe some resistance from certain companies and you've had to kind of change your pitch a little bit in order to get even more companies if you want to scale this even more, of course. Um, so talk about maybe a little bit more of the mechanics of how you pitch this to these companies so they really see this is a win-win benefit for them. Absolutely. So. When we started off, we've we've always seen that what we're doing, because it's disrupting education and the workforce, it's also a way, you can think about it as a way of dis, it's disrupting recruiting, right? Because by our theory was by giving more students more opportunity for more backgrounds, this is speaking to what a lot of companies focus on with diversity, equity, and inclusion. If you're going to focus on DE&I, you've got to cast a wide net. You've got to bring more students in from not the typical schools. And then assess them on a real, real work project and then use that data to transform how you recruit. I think initially we kind of thought we would go into organizations and give that pitch that this is how the new recruiting is going to be. And we would sell into recruiting. 
Uh, what we quickly, I think, learned was that a lot of a lot of recruiting leaders, they're not necessarily ready to tear up their their existing process, right? They already have internship programs, and their internship programs probably work fine to bring in the talent for entry level. But think, but this is about thinking, you know, three, four, five years ahead, right? This is about investing in a community, building your employer brand many years out. And so what we did is we we, we started realizing that our allies were more within the corporate social responsibility divisions, uh, or in some cases, um, there's kind of DEI initiatives that are set up that they might have a dotted line to recruiting, but they're they're kind of their own initiative. And so the the allies we found have been really forward-thinking leaders, DEI leaders, CSR leaders that also sit very close to the C-suite. That's what we've learned, where the CEOs, uh, the chief education officers, the chief purpose officers of these companies see that investing in young people's workforce development and especially focusing on students from underserved and underrepresented communities, investing in that workforce development, whether or not those students are going to get hired, that that is a core strategic initiative that will benefit their brand many years out. And they will see that in their recruiting pipelines. They will see that in their employee engagement and employee satisfaction. And ultimately, their stakeholders, their board, their shareholders will see that. Their customers will see that. So that we started showing the data around this. And we're actually working on a lot of thought leadership that we're going to be putting out kind of into next year. Uh, but that's where we found more success. So it sounds like your goal and the results so far has been you're really expanding the recruiting pipeline across the board. Plus, specifically, you can accomplish a lot of the DEI guidelines and or goals that companies have because you can have a much wider net, sounds like, to recruit people from all kinds of backgrounds. That's what you found so far. Exactly. Exactly. And, and again, just it, touching back on these, these pillars of employer branding, community impact, but also employee engagement. I think that's the other thing that we're learning is that employees, they want to be involved. They want to mentor students. They want to be involved in, in educating. They want to be involved in these projects. But again, they're busy. So if we can make it easy for them and fun and engaging, that just creates more reason for organizations to get involved. Yeah. Love it. Now, how about for you? Like, how do you fund your organization? Is this something where when you have companies that get involved, there's a process fee, if you will, or is there some of you have founders um, that have just said, we, we're going to give money, you know, Matt, we, we believe in your vision. So here's some venture capital money. How, how do you get funded? How do you keep this going? And how do you grow your organization? Yeah. So when we started, uh, we did raise a little bit of venture capital money. We got money from y, the Y Combinator Accelerator that we went through some really f- education-focused venture funds like Learn Capital, University Ventures, also investors like Jason Calacanis from Launch Fund and Foundation Capital are some of our investors. But as we've gone, gone along, <clears throat> we've built a, a business model where we primarily earn revenue from enterprises. And so there's a, a fee that Paragon One gets paid to administer the entire externship program. And sometimes there are multiple programs throughout the year. And so we kind of offer offer some perks and discounts for that. But there's also a stipend that companies often will pay to uh, the students as well. And so that that goes directly to the students. Excellent. Good. No, it's great. Well, again, my listeners, as you know, are, are primarily nonprofit leaders. And so when it comes to your track record and what you're learning so far, what would you say to my listeners who are leading nonprofit organizations specifically 
as to what they need to know if they want to use technology to make not only a positive social impact, but to enhance their organization's mission? What would you say to them? Yeah, I I think it all comes down to always keeping the human interaction and the human connection at the heart of what we're doing, right? We're not using technology just to build a software platform for the sake of it. We're, we're really keeping those, those human interactions um, close. And that, that's what we're about. Like at the end of the day, we are, we are facilitating more valuable human, human interactions at scale. And so I would just say, as you're looking at technology, whether you're building it in-house or whether you're buying something, uh, always think about how you're, you're going to leverage that, not just to scale, but to keep what you've built internally. Keep, we, we always like to say the interaction we created with our students, we never want to lose that. We never, you know, as we scale and grow, we never want to lose the, the magical essence that we've created between our, our team, the companies, and the students. So don't, don't forget that and make sure you invest in that. You know, you brought up a good point, and I've asked uh, previous guests on my show before, you know, there's always this balance, right? As you, um, as a nonprofit leader, seek to add more technology to your organization to create efficiencies, to add scale to your organization. But there's this balance between high tech on the one hand and remaining high touch. Tell me more about that, like how you find that balance with what you're doing, because obviously you're providing this great technology tool, but how do you maintain uh, that high touch along the way? Really great question. This is something that we constantly talk about because there is a clear tension. And because you, know, you want to have a big impact. I mean, we have ambitious goals, right? We, we want as many students as possible to benefit from these experiences. But I think that at the same time, we, we also recognize that what we've built is almost like taking on an entire function from beginning to end and to deliver the kind of impact that we're talking about, you have to keep people at the center. So all of our, when we think about technology, we're thinking about usability. We're thinking about how do we make sure that students are equipped to learn the training, to learn the curriculum that we develop, to learn just what they need in the busy time that they have to do the project, to make sure that they can do it year round, right? So we're thinking more from a customer mindset. customer user, making sure that those interactions are done from a place of researching what the customer's needs are, researching what the student's needs are. And then once we've figured out that we've got something, as we call in in the tech world, product market fit with students, once we figure out we had that, then everything else is about supporting the people who are supporting the students. So in this case, it's our program managers who I mentioned before, these are like teaching assistants that are helping students, they're educating them, they're giving them mentorship, they're figuring out what are their blockers if a student is having a a troubling situation in their life and they need need a little bit of extra time, or there's a situation where a student maybe is falling behind and they want to check in and say, hey, what's going on? How can I support? Right, Those kind of interactions that we're talking about, like that's not technology, but at the same time, giving our PMs the insight and the data so that they can take care of as many students as possible, but know where they are in the process so they know when to intervene. We try to invest in those sorts of things as opposed to, hey, let's just have a bunch of students come in, do like a very short simulation or a course, and then just get as many students as we can doing that, right? Like, okay, great. Like we've helped students or we've given them a, you know, a course certificate. Well, did that really help them? That certificate? 
right? There's a lot of ed tech platforms out there that are like, well, you know, we're going to upskill, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. And then, great, the students, they get a certificate, they put it on their resume or on their LinkedIn. And like, does that, does that change the game for them? Did that help them get a job? I mean, we give, we give the students a certificate. But what really matters is that they put this under their work experience on their resume. That's what got the attention. So I think that's it's having that mindset. Well, I love that approach. And it's obvious you're doing really good work and, and finding great success. Uh, I have a feeling my listeners will want to find out a little bit more about Paragon One. Uh, so how can they? How can they find out a little bit more about you and also Paragon One? Absolutely. Well, you can, of course, go to our website, www.paragonone.com and navigate there. We're actually, in the next couple of weeks, going to be launching a new website. Uh, which will have a lot more information there. But also, you know, you can email me, matt at paragon1.com. And I can get you to the right person on our team if you are a nonprofit who's maybe looking to partner with one of our other programs where students are doing consulting work for nonprofits with one of our big four partners. Or if you are more on the corporate foundation side, corporate social responsibility side, uh, and would like to know how to partner with us to bring externships to your organization. Happy to chat about that as well. Excellent. Matt, thank you for your time today. Absolutely. Thanks, Rob. Hey, friends. Well, I wanted you to know that this podcast can be found on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, Google Podcasts, and wherever you listen to other podcasts. I also want to encourage you to like, subscribe, and share this podcast with others. This will actually help us get this great content out to more nonprofit leaders just like you. You can also join the Nonprofit Leadership Podcast community. Find other resources and interviews of past guests all on my website, nonprofitleadershippodcast.org. Well, thanks again for listening. And until next time, keep making your world better.